Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the Believe in Royals podcast. I'm Alex Hughes. There's Danner. Uh, it's great to be back with all of you. Uh, Danner, walk us through what has um, the last few games been like for you as a fan? As a fan, it's been it's been tough to watch. I'll be honest. Um, I love the Royals. I will never step away from my fandom. I will continue to root for them until we are mathematically eliminated. I will always believe that we have the chance to make the playoffs because, as I've said a million times, and I'll say a million times more, baseball is wonky. Crazy things happen. Um, but it's been it's been tough to watch lately because I feel like um, the level of play isn't what we're used to or what we should expect. But at the same time, all the breaks are not going our way. Every chance we, we have to take advantage of a mistake from another team or uh, to take advantage of an opportunity just isn't happening. And if you look back to those, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about the 2014 and 2015 teams until I die, because those were some of the most amazing times I've had as a, as a baseball fan. Right. Um, if you look at those teams, it seems like everything went our way. <clears throat> every bounce of the ball, every opportunity, every mistake a team made, we capitalized on. And over the past week, I, I just haven't seen that, unfortunately. On the broadcast last night, they threw this stat out there. Early in the game, it's probably a little different now, but it's probably the same ballpark. 62.2% is their strike rating, and that's the lowest in the American League for pitching. So I think that's been the biggest issue. But then you say, okay, well, it's the pitching that's the issue. But then you look at the offensive numbers. Uh, two for 38 with runners in scoring position, uh, their last 38 at-bats with runners yeah. in scoring position. So it's like you look at the pitching and you look at guys not being able to go to the distance or struggle to get through the first setting without giving up at least one run. But then you look at the offense and they haven't been putting, you know, picking up the slack either. So it's, it's right where we were in that 11 game losing streak to where at the end of it, like in the beginning, you can always point fingers. It's easy to do so. But mm -hmm. now like it's sort of just the whole team, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, there are times where you look at, okay, the offense is really killing it, but we're struggling in the bullpen. Or pitching is lights out, but we're not scoring runs. But now I think it's just – it's a combination of factors. Um, it, it's tough to, to out-hit a team 14 to 12 but lose 10 to 3. I think that's, uh, that's, a, that's an achievement of sorts and not, not a great one. But, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been tough, man. And I think what I'm seeing – and. You know, it's, it's so funny. We, I mean, this is a baseball podcast. So what we're going to do is second guess players and managers. That's part of it, I suppose. Um, what, what I'm seeing happen is I think everyone's just trying really hard right now. And it doesn't look like they're having fun. And I've had rough days at work. And I'm sure, you know, somebody could watch video replay of me having a rough day and think, oh, Danner's not smiling. He's not having fun. He doesn't look like a winner. Um, but that's, that's part of it, man. There, there are times where, you know, you look, you look in the dugout or they show guys in the bullpen or, you, you know, you look at the facial expressions of the guys and, yeah, we might be down by four or five runs, but there still seems to be that drive and that fire. And I'm, I'm just not seeing it this week, unfortunately. Hey, I mean, it's been a long stretch for the Royals. I think they play like 14 games in 15 days or something crazy like that. They've been on the different road trips too. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it is a grind. And I was thinking this morning, it's like, it's only mid-June, and we still have the rest of June, all of July, all of August, all of September, and there was like three or four games in October. So we are 
remotely close to the end of the season. Uh, not even remotely, almost, I think we're just nearing the halfway mark, the All-Star game uh, mid-July, so about four weeks away from that. By the way, voting has started, so be sure to vote for some Kansas City Royals. Um, I think the most surprising, I don't want to sidetrack, we'll get back to the All-Star game in a little bit, but I, I, I was listening to Whit Merrifield on the uh, Cody and Gold show yesterday, and what they asked Whit about, he fouled off the pitch on his foot a few days ago. Did you mm-hmm. remember this? Yep. Did you listen to this interview? Did you hear it? I, did, I listened to the interview. I remember watching. He took quite a while to get back in the box there. Mm-hmm. So they asked him because everyone that doesn't know Whit Merrifield hasn't missed a game in almost 400 games. So he's the um, the latest player. I mean, he's I think he's the longest active streak without missing a game in the major yes. leagues. Um, so they asked him, they said, you know, how's a foot feeling first? And, and second was, did, was there ever any doubt that you might not be able to play? And he said, honestly, yes. He said that both of his feet are black and blue. This was a few days ago. And he did not think he was going to be able to play in one of the games in Oakland. And so, you know, people are saying, well, Whit Merrifield is struggling right now, but Whit Merrifield is struggling to walk. And, He's beat up. He's beat up, and it's just without the days off that I mean, Witt doesn't take days off, um, and I don't think he will unless he's forced to be placed on the injured list. And he says he's doing much better now after treatment and and all that stuff. Now we're back home, but the Royals don't have another off day until I believe next week. Um, they still have a lot of games this week, um, and then another series coming up. I, I don't believe so. I don't know. They might have an off day on um, on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday is our next off day. Okay. Yep, Thursday and Monday, but then it's all it's all game solid through then. A big road trip coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean their last off day was June second. June second. Long time ago, man. I I mean that's it's a lot. That's almost three weeks without an off day. I think another thing that we don't talk about with baseball is it's hot right now, dude. It's really hot. It's really humid in Kansas City. And I know that that affects the way the ball travels, but it's hard in my job getting in and out of my car, going into bars, selling beer. It's hard getting back into my car. It's hard going back outside. I'm not enjoying it. When I'm off, I'm sitting inside soaking up the air conditioning. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's another thing to think about. We got guys that are beat up. We got guys that are tired. The team's scuffling a little bit. And it's hot and humid, man. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I just don't think anybody's having fun right now. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be ha- – there has to be players that step up. Andrew Benatendi now on the injury list with a cracked mm-hmm. rib. I don't know how long that takes to heal, but I would assume that it's not just going to be a 10-day stint. I, I think it is going to take some time to get back and get his strength back, right? I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I don't, I don't know what you do for a cracked rib, but you just treat pain and try to minimize, right. you know, movement and activity, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I forget who there was. I, I believe almost Bellinger had something similar to that last year, wasn't it? Or someone had a cracked rib. Maybe Aaron Judge. Uh, well, I think Aaron Judge, what he had, he got a cracked rib and then it collapsed lung on top of it due to the um, due to the uh, cracked rib. Um, and, and, he, and Judge missed, I, I think, almost four weeks um, at, at some time. Now, that was a different injury with the collapsed lung, but... It, I, I mean, it, it depends because you can't do any surgery for a cracked rib. It just has to heal on its own. So I, I think it's, 
yeah, it's just going to be based on how fast he heals. Well, if you look at, you know, not only Benetini being hurt, but Alberto Montesi is still out. Mm-hmm. We still have Danny Duffy out. Mm-hmm. Both those guys are on, you know, 10-day retroactive, but I've not heard much about anything of those guys coming back. Alec Lewis of, of The Athletic is saying that, that Danny's throwing again, which is good. Um, and then Adalberto Montesi made the road trip uh, to Oakland, but did not play. Did you see the reasoning why he didn't play? They talked about like, I just, cabin pressure and yeah. time zones. And yeah, I don't know, man. I, don't, I, I Again, I'm not a doctor, so I don't, I don't know what that affects. But uh, I thought I that was interesting that. that he made the trip and was available, but didn't play. Right. I, I saw that. And I mean, I, I can see it right like the time zone thing doesn't make sense to me because mm-hmm. it's only two hours so like it's not like you're going east coast to west coast and it's not like modesty is a rookie right like, he's dealt with time zones before i mean yep. arizona is also two hours so when you're at spring training and you go to kansas city it's a two hour difference like he's and i i don't know where he lives in the off season but let's say he lives in arizona well that's the time zone difference so the games play relatively at the same time every single day. So the time zone thing doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, the cabin pressure, um, I, I guess, right? Then uh, the argument to be, well, then why do injured players go on road trips? Right. That's just my question, right? Like if, if Danny Duffy, like Danny Duffy made the road trip, so like the cabin pressure, like yeah, why did he? Um, if it if it hurts, I think his fans were were also like, I try to be the eternal optimist, and mm-hmm. you know, like I, again, I'm still just so happy we have a full season of baseball. I'm happy I get to go to the K. Um, but I would say that Royals Twitter uh, is getting a little uh, a little feisty, and that that was one of the things that they seized on. And it seems like at this point in the season, with the way things are going, we're what thirty and thirty five on pace mm-hmm. to win. 74 games, I believe. World's Twitter is starting to turn a little bit. I'm seeing a little more negativity. Um, it's not to the level of like KU basketball Twitter yet, which is a whole other world that I don't understand. Right. Um, if you look at like KU basketball Twitter during a game, KU is either up by 100 or down by 100. And you have no way of knowing which it is. And, and Royals Twitter hasn't gotten to that point yet. But there is a lot of how much longer do we stick with these guys? And people are calling for... Uh, you know, they're calling for action with the management team. And I, I think that's, that's a lot, man. You know, like I'm, I'm a fan of the game, but I think it's odd to go out there on Twitter and, you know, call for a guy's head on your favorite team, mm-hmm. but people are getting, they're getting frustrated. And I understand, but again, I'm still just happy to be watching baseball, dude. You know, I, I think <clears throat> a lot of people, a lot of casual fans of the game saw a great spring training from the Royals and they saw a great April from the Royals. And I think that kind of attracted to a casual fan. And, sure. and there was a lot of hype around this Royals team after they had a great spring training and a great month of April. They had the best record in baseball for at least three weeks straight. And um, when things didn't go their way, when they won on the 11-game losing streak, when they kind of played back to 500 and a few games above, and now this long stretch of of just a sh- not-so-good streaky team um there's that okay where's the where's this team going is this a 500 team but i think a lot of people forget 
back in February, like, yes, what the front office did, building this team out, they don't want to ever say we're not going to try to win. Um, they're trying to win even – there's still a belief that they can make the playoffs this year. But what is um, the reality of this team when you bring up guys like Daniel Lynch or Jackson Kowar and they don't work out? Well, now it's okay. Like Cody and Go were talking about this exact same thing yesterday. They said, okay, so when do we – Say, okay, let's say Danny Duffy comes back. Do we want Danny Duffy to start? Or do we want to see a third outing from Kowar? So it's like, then do you send Kowar down? And then you mess up with his confidence. When you need to build up Kowar this year to for him to be ready next year. So like, at what point do you say, okay, like we're still going to obviously try to win every single game. But we're trying to build this team for the long term for the next next year and the year after to where we fully believe like Ned Yost compared this team to 2013. Remember? Right. So I don't think, you know, I mean, obviously I still think they can make the wild card, especially in the second wild card, because the name of it is wild card. You just don't know. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm never going to say that Royals going to miss the playoffs because you just don't know in this game. But at the same time, I, I think at some point this season, you're going to start to see the shift to where this Royals team is fully committed on breeding this talent to be ready for the years to come. Sure. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's ready to call the season a loss yet, but I think that is something to think about where, you know, when you, when you find yourself in those games that don't matter as much or it's not as much of a high leverage situation, do you put a guy in to get him work? Do you put a guy back in to get him confidence? Or when you find a player in a mess giving up a lot of runs early, do you leave him in and see how he deals with adversity? And I think if you're looking for a study on how guys deal with adversity, I mean, we're seeing that right now. We are, we are scuffling. Um, do you think that casual fans of baseball don't realize how giant a leap in talent there is from AAA to the major yeah. leagues? Yeah. I mean, you, you can Especially have a guy this year. Yeah. You can have a guy absolutely, you know, on, on either side of the ball, you can have a guy absolutely mashing at the plate and he comes up and can't hit major league pitching, or you can watch a guy just mow people down at triple a and he comes up and gets shelled all the time mm -hmm. because there is a massive difference in the level of talent between the two. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm very interested to see how the offense and the pitching changes in the next two weeks because uh, Jeff Passett of ESPN tweeted last night that the league is supposed to release um, their memo today about quote unquote sticky stuff, spider attack, uh, um, sunscreen and rosin uh, mixed together. Um, all that stuff is going to be banned and, and that's going to be enforced starting, I believe the 21st of June. So next week. So umpires are going to have to check the gloves and, and I believe even the arms of these pitchers and, and hats, all the equipment, multiple times in a game. So that's coming next week. We've seen like the RPM and spin rates just increase massively. But in the last few days and weeks, and all of a sudden that massive RPM and spin rate that a lot of people are talking about, record-breaking, right? 
is going down. So obviously there's no coincidence there, uh, but you know, Major League Baseball is supposed to announce today that there will be 10 game suspensions and fines to these players that get caught doing so. So what Major League Baseball is basically saying like, hey, we know you're doing this. Uh, you got one more week and to do it or, or to stop right. doing it. And then after that, we have to enforce the rule. And one more note about this, the people that say, why are they making this new rule? Why are they doing this now? It's not a new rule. They're just enforcing the rule that's always been in place. Right, right. I mean, it's always been okay to have a little bit of like rosin and sunscreen on your eye. That's, you know, that's been something that's been okay. Um, I've read a couple of pieces on The Athletic. Um, and if, if you, this is not a plug for The Athletic, but as my, it might as well be. If you don't subscribe, there's amazing baseball content yeah. on there. Um, even about teams I don't care about, there's just such great writing on there. Um, but I read a couple of pieces about spider tack and did some research. And uh, I watched a video, this is not on the athletic, but of a handball player using mm-hmm. spider tack and the amount of time that his hand remains in contact with the ball and how much his fingers stick to the ball compared to other sticky substances. It's incredible. He's mm-hmm. standing like next to a goal. Uh, it, like it's just to his left and he's flicking the ball out in front of the goal. And he's putting so much spin on the ball that it's bouncing straight back into the back of the net. It's really incredible. So if wow. you think about how much longer players have their fingers in contact with the baseball, it's incredible, man. And then mm-hmm. not to ramble, but I saw uh, they're talking about Pedro Martinez and how much spin he put on the ball. Mm-hmm. And they showed a picture of how flexible his fingers are. Have you seen that? Yeah. It's really wild. It's like he has extra, extra joints in his fingers or something, but uh, it's, it's really fascinating. That's one of the, I think like, it's a weird, like crude technology. You know, mm-hmm. you think about like all the things that teams do to get an advantage, you know, all the advanced video scouting, you know, you can, you can go back into the, the tunnel after an at bat and the video guy can show you the pitches and show you where you swung. And like, you can fix mechanics on the fly. That's cool. I dig all that electronic stuff. But uh, the, the fact that dudes just have sticky stuff on their hands is impacting the game in such a way I think is truly fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, I don't put this up to like the Astros scandal. Like no. when, when Garrett Cole <laughs> was asked that question, I, I think a fair question, right? Uh, and and uh, the response that Garrett Cole had um, when I literally thought my phone froze. Uh, <laughs> uh, when, and he was like, I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, and people were coming after Cole and saying, well, he's a cheater. Well, it's not just Cole. Like if you ask every single pitcher, um, either you spider attack or, or um, sunscreen or rosin, like it, it's just that belief, right? And uh, it's the same thing to where, okay, now if it's now June 22nd and, and Garrett Cole is using spider attack after Major League Baseball said that, hey, we're going to enforce this, that's a different story. Uh, but you can't get mad at a guy that, you know, everyone was doing it um, to where uh, it, it just wasn't being enforced. I mean, I think people have made comparisons to this whole spider tech thing and, and the steroid era. And I think it's first, I think it's a flawed comparison because spider tech is not an, it's not an illegal substance. Sure, it might be against the rules in baseball. It won't you affect your health. Right. Yeah. You're not obtaining it through nefarious means. You know, there's not, there's not drug dealers involved with spider tax. So I think there's a huge difference there. <clears throat> but you have to wonder, like, a lot of these guys, <clears throat> pardon me, that were, they were around in, the, in that era, you look back and you talk to them and they go, man, if, if I 
would have known everything that I knew now, maybe I would have used steroids. And I think if you're a pitcher who has the opportunity to use spider tack or to use another sticky substance to, to give you that advantage, if you know other guys are doing it, why wouldn't you do it? Exactly. You know, I, I completely agree. Um, and we'll see how it changes the game. Um, if there is a massive increase, I, I know there's already 10 point increase in batting average in the last week. I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. Um, uh, but still at 10 points in a week is pretty large in my opinion. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, but overall, when it comes to the sticky stuff, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, you know, that's for sure. And, and who's going to be the first pitcher. There's going to be someone that gets suspended and fine. I, I'm intrigued to see who it is. Trevor Bauer. <laughs> Potent- I mean, they've been, they've been using him and, and Garrett Cole as, as sort mm-hmm. of the two, the two top guys to go after. Well, I mean, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but also one thing I definitely want to talk about uh, Danner is the all-star game uh, voting mm-hmm. started just a few days ago and Salvador Perez already has a 500,000 vote lead or more now um, that was it last night um, over the next catcher which I believe is Grandal uh, with the White Sox so I, I think Salvi has a great chance <laughs> to uh, be an all-star this year but the most surprising thing is that Mondesi has more votes than Whit Merrifield. I'm very confused by this. Yeah. How is that possible? I'm not sure. Uh, Whit Merrifield obviously has not missed a game this season, and Mondesi has played in five, maybe is a that, little more. Is it five games? I have to know now. We have, to, we have to know for sure to look it up, dude. You know, I it might have been three I, or four. I was hoping we'd talk about All Star voting because. Um, Every year, people get mad at me for the way that I vote for the all-star ballot. Well, how do you vote? I vote all Royals every time. And I vote the max amount of times every day, the entire time voting's open because the Royals are my team, man. Right. And uh, I would love to see uh, every, every, uh, every player be Royals on the, uh, on the roster. So uh, I, I tweeted that out. And, the first time I tweeted it, the Royals actually retweeted mine. And I'm like, oh, no, here we go. I'm, I'm going to get some guys. So I definitely got some hate. But I can remember being a kid sitting in the stands getting the paper ballot with a little golf pencil to poke. And, and no one lectured me on my, my uh, solemn duty to, uh, you know, vote with the most integrity possible as a kid. I think it's fun, dude. Uh, yeah. Years ago, we almost had the entire starting team Royals. Um, mm. Those were the hashtag vote Omar days. I don't know if you remember those. Um, sure. Yeah, e- even Omar Infante was, was going to be an all-star game starter. And I think they actually made changes to where the all-star game voting works because Kansas city fans broke it. Um, but if there's, if there's one thing Kansas city people are good at doing, it is supporting other Kansas city people through the stuffing of online ballot boxes. We can wreck any online poll. Uh, we're given the opportunity to, so I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to vote five times on MLB.com and I'm going to take my Google vote as well. And it's going to be all Royals every time. But yeah, of, of the guys on our team, who do I think have, who are legitimate all-star caliber players? Salvador Perez, no doubt. I mean, I think if he were in a bigger market team, he would be one of the faces of baseball. But I think yeah. the fact that he has such a huge lead right now anyway, shows that he has a bigger reach than we thought he did. 
Mm-hmm. And then I think Whit Merrifield deserves to be an all-star as well. 100%. And I, I just can't believe – I think Andrew Benatendi as well, honestly. Yeah. I think but it's just going to be tough for him because it's a crowded outfield. Um, and, and now with him injured, I don't know if that hurts his case, but I believe Mike Trout is still going to be an all-star. And he's mm-hmm. been hurt since uh, end of May. So, right. uh, or mid May now. So, and he won't be back until after the All Star game. So, I'm sure he'll get voted in and he'll be considered an All Star because he, I mean, obviously it's Mike Trout. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much that plays into effect. Uh, you're still voting for Benetton, of course. So. Of course, yeah. Modesty's played in seven games. Seven games. Okay. I was yeah. going to say less than 10, but I was sure. like, uh, did he even play in five? I think the other interesting thing is that we have uh, Nicky Lopez is on the ballot as a designated hitter. And I guess that was, you know, do the, the, the teams pick who they want on the ballot, right? Is that how it works? I believe so. I believe so. So I can, I can see like slating Montessi as the shortstop position, knowing that that's, that's his job, that's his role. But then, you know, throwing, throwing Nicky a bone as, as the DH, um, obviously he's not going to get the votes required to make the All-Star game to be the DH in the American League, um, right. but I'm going to vote for him every day still. <laughs> That's so interesting. Like, I mean, obviously he's been a DH, but like he's, I never see him really as a DH, right? Mm-mm. Like, how no, I mean, he, been a, I got to find find that. Like, how many games has Nicky Lopez doesn't it hit? I don't think he's been. I mean, I don't think he's been the DH. If he has, it's not been more than a couple times. But like, that's something that would that would definitely stand out to me. Man, that's so interesting. Yeah. I didn't see that. Another so, thing that, that – uh, go ahead, dude. No, no, you go. Another thing that I had on my list to talk about was um, – and this is something that I hate talking about because I don't want it to happen. It would break my heart. I don't think it will happen, but people are starting up the uh, do we trade Whit Merrifield before the deadline again. And no, we don't. I don't think so. I, I still think, you know, sure is struggling right now. This isn't who Whit Merrifield is. Um, I still think if we compete in the next few years, Whit Merrifield is the leader of that team. He's the core of that team. He's the fire for that team. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I'm with that. I, I think it's too late to trade Whit Merrifield. They should have, if if the Royals trade Whit Merrifield now, they should have done it at least two years ago, mm-hmm. at least. And by the way, uh, Nicky Lopez, the last time he was a DH was in 2019. <laughs> crazy i was thinking maybe you're gonna say uh in high school no uh 2019 i believe he had like two games as a designated hitter huh. so that's interesting yeah. we need that's something we need to research and get to the bottom of is who determines uh who, who's going to be what on the on the all-star ballot yeah because that's going to keep me up at night now it's like right. why is nicky lopez on the all-star ballot for a designated hitter, and, and he hasn't been a DH in over two years. Crazy, man. That's like putting like we, Salvador Perez as a center fielder. Right, right. Honestly, it is. Unless that, that DH could be anyone. You know what I mean? Maybe that's what it is. So, I mean, where's Solaire? Is Solaire in the outfield? Is that what they're doing? Yep. Okay. Yep, they've got him in the outfield. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I, I mean, they got an off day on Thursday, uh, two more mm-hmm. games against the Tigers. So definitely, um, I guess now you can't 
win a division, right? This, or as Pedro Grafalo said, you can't win a division this early on, but you can certainly lose one. Um, I, I don't think anyone's going to catch up with the White Sox, but you don't want the Wilds card to get so far away from you. Um, sure. They're five games under 500 right now, and, and uh, you don't want it to sink lower um, than that. I mean, we're a team, we had, we had an 11-game losing streak. We've now lost nine of our last 10. I'm going to say the word only in a situation that doesn't feel right, but given those two things, we're only 10 and a half games back. Mm-hmm. Ten and a half games is a lot. It's hard to make that up, especially if the White Sox continue playing the way they're playing um, and we continue playing the way we're playing. But that's why these division games are so important. Um, we can make up a lot of ground, and we should be beating the Tigers and the Twins, and we're not. Like I said, that's what's crazy about baseball is we can go out, we can go out tonight against a struggling pitcher and get no hit, and then next week we could face a former Cy Young winner and put up 15. Uh, the Royals, by the way, listen to this stat. I guess this this is a stat we can end the show on. The Royals are the only team to have two five-game losing streaks and two five-game winning streaks at one point in the season this year. Yay! <laughs> I, I guess that's a I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. But um, it certainly shows that they can win ball games, but they can right. also lose ball games. So it's a streaky I mean, think, team. Yeah, I think it shows. Like um, we talked about this at the beginning of, of the season. The uh, is this who we are, or is that who we are? And I think we, do, we don't know who we are right now. We're both mm-hmm. of those things at the same time. That's, that's a fun stat. I, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. It's a roller coaster of a season, that's for sure, Danner. Yeah, dude, always is. When are you going to the next game? Are you got a game coming up? Uh, I've got tickets to the uh, Saturday night game uh, okay. in the keep, although I'm thinking about uh, bailing on work and going out to the day game tomorrow. There, there aren't a ton more day games. I think the next one is in like, the first week in July. So hmm. try, try to hit the day games when I can. Mike Bob by myself. Uh, do you go to games by yourself? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's the best. Yeah, I enjoy it, especially when you sit next to someone that's cool or something. Yep, yep. When I mean, you don't have a kid, so um, for me, like taking taking an eight year old to ball games this year has been way different than taking a six year old two years ago. It's mm. so, like the difference between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one is massive. It's so much easier to take them to games. But when I go to games, I can by myself. I can run to the bathroom. I can run to the bar. I can run back to my seat and not miss anything. Uh, and I'm not I'm not waiting in line for super pretzels and dollar hot dogs all the time. Because you know, people always ask right, me, what's saved my favorite? you a lot of money too. Oh, it does save me a lot of money. Yeah, people ask me what's my favorite thing to eat at the K, and I always say beer because I don't eat a lot at the games. I, I I don't know what it is. It's just not my thing. Yeah. I might eat some some snacks, but uh, yeah, I might go out tomorrow and hang out, and have a good time by myself. Yeah, well, people know who you are there too, so it's not like you're going completely by yourself. Right. Yeah. I mean, Kansas City. It's it's, it's a like small a celebrity town. There. I don't know about that. No, maybe uh, maybe notable is notable the word or. Uh, What's the other infamous, perhaps? Yeah, you're like a C-grade celebrity in Kansas City. <laughs> I'm like uh, I'm like Turtle from Entourage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you're the best. So I appreciate you and, and all the fans listening to the Royals podcast. Send in some questions. Uh, we got another uh, surprise interview, uh, hopefully this week or next week, that we'll keep you guys in the loop on, on social media. But for Danner, I'm Alex Fuse. Thanks for listening to the Believe and Royals podcast. We'll be talking with all of you very soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.